0: If manifesting money is a big goal of yours for 2023, then I am inviting you to join us in the Millionaire's Mindset Mastermind. This is your last chance to sign up and save your spot. Uh, We're going to be starting next week and we are going to learn how to stop thinking like the middle class and start thinking like the top 1% so that you can start manifesting not just money, but wealth. Build generational wealth for you and for your family because wealth gives you freedom. It gives you the freedom to be able to do the things you want to do in life, to not have to wait until retirement to start enjoying life, to start living life now. And don't forget, the more money you have, the more money you have to give, to help the people around you to give your kids the education you want to give them, to help the causes that you want to help. If you want to let go of all of those beliefs, those limiting scarcity beliefs that have been holding you back for so long, this is the mastermind that's going to help you do that. We have so many things lined up. Everything from sacred money archetypes to EFT to hypnosis – to help you get through those blocks at a subconscious level so that you have lasting change in your financial reality. So, if this is something that you wanna do, head to the link in the show notes ASAP because doors are closing soon. I'll see you inside. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Tribe podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Keith. And today I have with me guest Carrie Swanson, who I think of as the relationship guru. Carrie has a background in training and development and is certified in the Gottman Method for Couples Level One. She's committed to teaching singles how to upgrade their mindsets and relationship skills to find lasting love. Carrie's based out of Colorado and lives with her lifetime partner, Charles. There are two dogs and a cat. Carrie, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Stephanie. I'm so excited to have you on because the number one question I get from people is about relationships. How do I manifest a partner? How do I find love? I've tried manifesting so-and-so. They're not showing up. What's going on? And relationships, manifesting relationships isn't really like my go-to thing. Um, I love talking about manifesting money and careers, businesses, all that fun stuff. So I'm so excited to get your perspective on everything. Uh, So why don't you just let everyone know kind of like how you got into this? How did you start um, coaching people around dating and relationships?
1: Well, I started out because I was a struggling dater myself. I started out about 10 years ago in my early 20s. And I realized that, wow, this is not working for me. You know, I was going out or not finding dates. And then the people that I was allowing into my life were not good fits for me. So after, you know, a few times of going through heartbreak, that's a quick teacher that, oh, I need to upgrade and I need to find a solution to this. So that was really the beginning of understanding what dating, what I needed to do there and how I needed to actually attract somebody into my life. Because there are two components. There's actually going out and meeting people. And then there's being in a place yourself where you can consider somebody long-term. And sometimes it takes a while for people, right? I think back then I was looking for something long-term, so I was getting a little bit discouraged. But if I look back on it now, every single moment I had was training. It was leading me up to the relationship of my dreams that I found and I have now. So um, depending on where you are, you know, this can be a huge part of of your journey and getting to know people.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I've actually had this question from quite a few people over the years uh, where they have someone specific in mind. Like maybe it's someone that they dated in the past and they broke up with or just someone that they know. And Through the question, it's almost like I can sense that energy of like desperation. Like, how do I get this person to like me? And the way that I look at it is number one, it's like when you're gripping something so tight, there is that desperation energy, which actually repels people. But then there's also like the free will component. Like you can't force someone to fall in love with you. So, like I always think of it as like stop thinking about that particular person and maybe just back up and just think about like being in love in general because maybe that's not truly the right person they're supposed to be with. Like would you agree with that? To a certain extent.
1: You know, I think there are instances where people do go back to an original person, but most of the time in those instances they've already released that attachment, right? And and you know from being a great manifester that the law of attraction operates on letting go of outcomes. So if I was speaking to somebody who was still attached from somebody that they've dated before or that they've known and they want to get to know, then I would work on really getting curious about what's going on inside. What is becoming so attached that this is the only person in the world that they consider? What is going on? So I would get really silent inside and figure out, okay, you know what is this coming from? That would be my first step, and then the second step would be understanding that and having compassion for it. We're humans, right? We operate based on biology. Love is science. We fall in love with people because our home hormones are going crazy sometimes. So, being compassionate with that side of us and understanding that that's a component of attraction, but it isn't the whole picture, is really critical there. So, I would come from a place of compassion. And then from there, I would really get clear on what's going to make you happy, not who you are, you know, desperately trying to attract, but what's going to make you peaceful and satisfied. And if you're using this crazy frantic energy, like I want this person, then you're not actually vibrating in
0: the energy of love, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. So would you feel comfortable like sharing your personal experience with finding your partner and like, you know, going through dating and struggling because that's the part that I struggle with when people ask me for advice around manifesting relationships. Cause I've, I've been married and I, this was before, um, the dating world, the way it is now with like online dating and everything. So I feel like I just don't understand the full picture of like everything that people have to go through nowadays.
1: Well, it's changed. It's changed a lot just (laughs) from the 10 years I've been doing this. So when I started out, I feel like a lot of people were making more face-to-face connections. And even from surveys now, like The Knot puts out a survey every year where they figure out um, where people have met, where the engaged couples have met. And a quarter of those couples have met online now. So we're seeing increased numbers in online dating. The world is changing, especially post-COVID. So that's completely normal. (laughs) Um, you know, when it comes to my story, um I love sharing this because I feel like I was the worst dater possible. You know, talking about that frantic energy that's what I had for so many years, and I had to go through and really get centered in my life. So when I started out, um, I came from a community where getting married was a priority. Having a family was a priority, and that was kind of the pinnacle. So once I released this thought of getting married as my worth, having a family as my worth, it's part of my life story. It will probably be part of my life story, but it's not part of my individual components. I was able to start seeing my options more. So I went to a couple of dating coaches. I did a couple of programs, and they were all helpful, but they weren't really getting straight into me to figure out, okay, what's keeping me back? Why are these dates, these relationships going nowhere? What is happening? So it wasn't until I, first of all, I upgraded my environment. I had been rooming with people. I had been friends with several different types of people, and I realized the quality of your friendships, the quality of your living environment, is a direct reflection on what's going on inside. So oh, I upgrade. Oh wow! That Hang on, I
0: just want to highlight that everyone like needs to replay that. That's that is huge. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Just everyone replay that and listen to that again. That was great.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a huge component because we absorb our environments. So you're exactly right. The quality of your environment will directly impact how you're showing up and attracting love. So for me, I was in these situations where I was around people who were more negative, let's say. And I was in living situations where I wasn't able to relax and, you know, come home from work and rewind. And I realized that was affecting how I showed up as a dater, so once I fix that, it's what I call the domino effect. You fix that one energy leak and then all of a sudden the the rest of your problems start falling down because you pulled that one thing that was preventing you from addressing other things in your life.
0: Wow. Yeah. that That's really huge. And <clears throat> something that, I don't know, I, I feel like it's glossed over a little bit too easily, like our whole living situation and who we're hanging around with and how that's leaving us feeling. And, and I, I do think that is like the first step is looking internally. We're so programmed to look outside of us for the answers on everything that we need. But if anything is out of balance, or like you said, there's an energy leak. I love the way, like you use that wording. um, That has to be addressed first. Right. It's like you can't you can't show up as the best version of yourself in the dating world if you're not taking care of yourself. And if you don't know your own self-worth and you don't love yourself, like how can you expect someone else to fall in love with you, too? Right. I mean, and I think that's a big thing right now, especially like I, I read a statistic the other day where they were looking at the number of um prescriptions for antidepressants versus the population. And they said virtually like every adult would have a prescription like based on how many, you know, scripts are filled every year. And I just think that there's a lot to that. There's a lot that we suffer um, in silence about, and we kind of have to address that and feel really good internally um, before we can even think about getting into a relationship. So do Mm -hmm. you kind of recommend like, holding off or, you know, seeking some kind of um, therapy or internal work or manifestation on yourself before jumping into the dating world and putting yourself out there?
1: Well, I would say, you know, it depends. For some people, you know, the healing journey lasts a lifetime. So you're never done healing, and frankly, most of us are going to, you know, be healing and working on ourselves for the rest of our lives. In a good way, we're growing. That's part of evolution. We're constantly changing. So in that sense, you know, it's never a good time, right? Like, you you know, you always are open to it. But on another sense, if you're finding that you have some serious setbacks and you want to take a pause, then I think that's a great space to be in where you can, you know, become where where you're feeling more like yourself before you step out again. So, um, you know, on one hand, I it's never a good time to date, right?
0: <laughs> well, just like it's never a good but- time to have a, a baby. It's like there's, you right. know, everyone <laughs> always waits for the perfect time. It's like that's never going to come. Like you just have to take the leap sometimes. But, you know, I mean, I'm kind of answering my own question too in in the sense that I've I've had lots of friends who the ste- the second they quit worrying about it and they're just like I'm just going to take some time for me, like that's when they end up, you know, Mm -hmm. meeting the love of their life. But I think, again, it's like surrendering that control, that desperate energy can be really powerful. It can make you magnetic because then all of a sudden you don't need anyone else. And I think that's attractive. Like confidence is attractive. And when you feel good and you're whole as a person yourself, I think you, your energy, like, just vibrates out to everyone around you. So there's that, you know, law of attraction component. But I don't want to back up too much, but I don't want to gloss it over either. So you said you came from a community where getting married was like the number one priority. And I have seen that in certain friends that I have that are from different cultures where, I mean, it's not only expected, it's like you have to do this because of different you know, cultural, um, factors. So maybe you could just touch on that for a second and give some advice. Like if someone's in that situation, is it good to step away from that community? Like how, how would you approach that when it's like your own family or church? That's really putting that pressure on you.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think the first thing to understand is that you being happy in a relationship will contribute if you go on and decide to have a family, that will contribute to your family. So it's important to get clear on what you are and who you stand for. And if that's different than what your parents have in mind for you or your pastor has in mind for you. You know, I think a lot of people are really well intentioned. Like I still am in touch with a lot of friends from my community, my original community. And the intentions there are good, right? They want you to be happy, but they are not inside of you. So they don't know what's going to make you happy. They may see somebody on paper who is going to the same church and seems to share similar values. But if you're not connecting as two individuals and you're not sharing moments of joy, moments of gratitude together, then no matter how good they look on paper, how good their resume is, right, um, then you're not going to show up and you're not going to build this family out of generosity and love. And that's what we crave is that unconditional love that supports us through life's challenges. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And do you ever have clients who... Maybe they do like fall in love, they find their partner, but their family doesn't like them, and they or their friends, and they have this sort of like negative feedback loop. Because I know I experienced that throughout my life in different relationships, and that was a really hard thing for me to navigate just because I am so close with my family and I want everyone to be happy and everyone to like one another, and so it's like the elephant in the room, it brings tension into like family gatherings and stuff. And I don't know if that's something that um, you work with clients on, but I think that can be one of the hardest things to navigate. I have experienced that. And I think
1: the first question to ask is, have you qualified the people in your life? And sometimes the people, for example, that I go to for work advice, let's say, or career or business advice are very different than the people I go to for relationship advice. Mm -hmm. We think of our family a lot because that's how we learned to love. That's Mm -hmm. how we first experienced love. But they may not be the best qualified people to tell us who is or isn't right for us. Now, if I really valued a friend's feedback or a family member's feedback and I felt like they had a great relationship and that was the relationship I was going for, and they gave me feedback on how I was showing up in that relationship, like you don't seem happy or you don't seem like, you know, your energetic self, then I would take that feedback into account, but then that feedback is mine to decide if I go from there And I incorporate that feedback or if I say, hmm, not quite right. I appreciate the feedback, but, you know, I'm going to keep going on with with my path here. So qualify your advice, qualify the
0: people who are giving you advice before you accept everyone's piece of opinion, really. (laughs) No, that's great. That's great advice from you, Um, because I think that sometimes the people that are the most outspoken about not liking a partner are the ones that aren't happy in their own relationship and it can be a reflection more of them than what's really happening in your relationship. So I think that's wonderful advice to kind of look at that and say do I really want to take that on? Um no, that's so perfect. So back to what you're doing and and what your your coaching and your courses around what what like one piece of advice or tip would you give to someone that's like, okay, 2023 is the year that I am going to find my partner. And um, they don't really know where to start or like what to, how to approach the situation. What would be like the first step that you would advise them on?
1: I love that question. So, I, I can I give you an exercise real quick that I love yeah. to kind of get silent and to mm-hmm. tune into yourself. So one of my favorite things to do is kind of along the lines of somatic um, healing and integration. And that's where you really uncover what's going on in your heart. So if you're let's say you're hung up on a past relationship, if you're really getting silent within yourself and you can even place your hand on your heart for a moment, and you start talking to your heart. so let's let's get centered here. And you can close your eyes or keep them open. And I want you to listen to what your heart is telling you. And I want you to imagine that you're supporting your heart and you're holding it and you're acting as though you're a nurturing mother And you're not going to fight any feelings of hurt or fear or worry, but you're going to get curious and ask your heart, what is it you fear about being in a relationship? What is it that is holding you back from showing up fully? And just hold your heart and get curious. and you can do this as long as you need to as often as you need to and when you're ready you can come back to
0: the present that was beautiful thank you Absolutely. i love i love your energy this is see this is why i call you the relationship guru because i do feel like you're the perfect combination of strategy and practical tips that people can implement, but you also have this very calming energy that just, you know, is very i don't I don't know how to describe it. It's like you're like a guiding light that may that kind of puts things in a perspective but allows us to come into ourselves and find those words of wisdom, that internal wisdom that we all have. Um, rather than the frantic energy that I feel like we're so caught up in, especially in the dating world.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank it- you. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. I think. Um, I think if I were to, you know, look at that, it's because I have gone through so many of the struggles people identify with. So when people are sharing, like, I'm so attached to my ex, or I have this desire and it's not happening, I have a lot of empathy for that because I've been there. So understanding and being empathetic with yourself is the first step, right? Because once you embrace your ugliest parts, the parts that you're not proud of, that's when you love yourself unconditionally. And not only does that help you heal, but then you're able to love someone else unconditionally. One of the um one of the things I see keep people back is They are holding in all of this resentment towards themselves. And when they show up for dating, they start, you know, really coming in with this bold energy. And part of falling in love is softening and it's really receiving other people's attention and affection and it's asking questions. So when we come in with this, you know, forcefulness, That's an automatic indicator that your subconscious is working against you. And we're not trying to get the subconscious to back away completely. The subconscious is there to protect us. It's there to keep us from getting hurt again. But what we want to do is we want to harmonize our conscious being with our subconscious mind so, so that we're in alignment and we can go and make choices that are suited to our highest self.
0: Oh, I love that, and you used the word softening, and it made me think about people that are are my age. I'm 37, and there's there's a lot of women that I know that have gone through a divorce, or they're in the process of getting a divorce, and there's you know obviously a, a lot of hardships that you go through, and you do sort of harden a little bit. You kind of have to protect yourself and put up a little bit of a shield, so. How how do they then transition into this world of dating and finding, you know, who they're really meant to be with? Like, is, do you have any tips on that softening a little bit and just letting yourself be vulnerable again after going through so much hurt?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, that's normal. You start to shut up and or not shut up kind of. <laughs> Close up. That's the word I'm looking for. You start to close up Mm -hmm. when um, you've been hurt before. And also we're rewarded for being aggressive, and bold. I mean, that's how women have gotten along in the workforce. And yes, I'm bringing up gender a little bit, but we're rewarded for aggressive behaviors and winning at work. So when it comes to our love life, sometimes we're carrying that into our love life. Like, okay, I'm going to find me, you know, a man or a woman or, (laughs) you know, whatever your orientation is, Um, you know, and we carry that with us. So understanding that what you're looking for in a business environment is different because dating is so personal. You know, you're looking for a life partner, starting with that understanding. And then when you're setting boundaries, a lot of people talk about boundaries, but there's a way that you can do that with softness and still hold your boundary. And there's a way that you can just shut somebody down. And I don't think most daters intend to shut anybody down. But the other day, you know, I was talking to somebody and she was like, oh, well, this person sent me a message over over the internet and I didn't like it. So I just told him, you know, that that was completely inappropriate. And he ended up blocking her. And the intention was good, right? Um, But I wonder what would have happened if she had just said, you know, I prefer you message me differently or this is how I like to be treated. And she approached it with softness. Um, I love this book. It's called Have a Mat Hello. It's by um, Rachel Greenwald. And she talks about um, when she surveyed men um, on why they chose to call a woman back or why they didn't, the number one reason men recalled wanting to call a a woman back after a first date was because she was nice. People are looking for somebody who's nice, who they can build a friendship with. And we know from you know the Gottman method and a lot of relationship science that that friendship is the first level that you start to build on in any relationship. So if you can build a connection with somebody, if you can build a solid friendship, that's the first step to building a long-term successful relationship.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up because- even going back, I know this is so silly, but even going back to like high school and college, like I was always the nice girl. And that was associated in, it was a negative association. It was like, oh, that's Stephanie, she's the nice one that like, you know, lets everyone walk all over her. So I I ended up sort of like hardening a little bit because I would look at my friends that were, you know, the outgoing, like badass, like bitch types. And that was what was like idolized at that time. And so it's sort of like we have it backwards, I feel like, as a society where, you know, we we can shut off some of those parts of us that are a little bit more soft and vulnerable and open um, just because I think society as a whole kind of glamorizes the super confident, outgoing, like wild, you know, girl of the group. So I know that's kind of like off topic a little bit, but, um, when you said that word, it just made me think of that. Cause that was always something that I hated when I was younger and dating. I did not the last thing I wanted to be called was nice. Cause I felt like it was somehow, um, not attractive in a way, which is so silly as an adult looking at that. But I know, you know, even in my twenties, I was like, I just, I'm like, I don't want to be the nice girl anymore. But really, that's part of forming a long-lasting relationship and not just some fun fling, right? Well, and it's, it's being true to yourself. So if you know that you're kind of a
1: softer, kinder person, not kinder, but if you have this spirit about you of being a gentle-hearted soul, then that's something to embrace. And you can still have boundaries. I think people confuse that. Being true to yourself and having boundaries, that's the important thing. Because, yes, there are women out there, and I have many friends who are just, wow, they're go-getters. You're talking about the badasses? Yes, absolutely. That's who they are. And I wouldn't want them to change completely either. But instead of shutting somebody down, I want them to start asking questions and getting curious instead of being so black and white. And then, um, you know, that's one of the things that brought me into my relationships is getting curious about people and start form, starting to form friendships I wouldn't have thought of forming previously. Mm. So yeah, being true to yourself and then asking the questions.
0: Yeah, well, I, and I'm sorry to like jump all over and ask you all these questions, but I feel like you're just a wealth of knowledge. And I it's so funny because you know, since I've been married for 12 years, I don't really ever think about relationships that much. But now that we're talking, I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to know all of it. <laughs> so I have all of these questions for you that are just coming through. So the other thing um, that you had mentioned is how in business and in the workforce, we are trained to kind of, we have to be very assertive and and we do step into our masculine Energy, And for everyone that's listening, I I, I think most people are aware, but both men and women have masculine and feminine energy. And what I have found, in my opinion, is that as a society, even through schooling as young children, we are taught at a certain point to sort of shut off the feminine and go into the masculine part that focuses, that's productive, that's, you know, a little more um, assertive. And certainly in the work environment, when I was in um, the corporate world, I feel like a part of me like died off for a little while in that world because I had to be really tough. I was working yeah. with a lot of men that were like very masculine and I had to sort of figure out a way to like thrive in that environment. And so I fully stepped into that masculine energy. And so now I've, I've definitely incorporated more feminine energy, but I still find myself in my own marriage, wanting to take the lead on everything, wanting to get things done and be more productive instead of just kind of softening and allowing my husband to take on that role. So I want to get your perspective on that because it's like we all want to be like those feminists that are like, you know, we can do it all. But in a relationship, I think there is some give and take. Like you have to let go of some of that masculine take control energy don't you think
1: oh yeah oh I struggle with that all the time
0: (laughs) so you're not alone it's it's
1: yeah it's something that I definitely work with with Charles and he's very easygoing but (laughs) yeah you know I would say um we're really brought up to be um in this society to be a culture of winners and losers So, you know, to succeed, we have to have this, I'm the winner mentality, but sometimes we do it at the expense of thinking that other people have to lose. So I would ask yourself, what ideas do you have surrounding that? I have to do this. I have to be the strong one. I have to lead here. What ideas do you have around that? And what's coming from that? And, you know, even in – sometimes I think um, even in the workplace, we could do a lot more with um, elevating humble leaders and elevating the people who do embody their feminine side. And that could be something that could cultivate the – the the followers right because that's true leadership is elevating people so sometimes even with you know corporate America I wonder if we embraced the feminine side more if we would see more balance and more opportunities for
0: more individuals oh absolutely absolutely I would do things so differently now if I went back into the corporate world but stepping out of college and going into that environment it's like um you know, I just felt like to survive, I had to completely erase who I was and step into this completely different version. And it's no wonder I was miserable. And I can't believe I lasted 12 years in that environment. But just back to the relationship aspect of it, you know, for me, um, I, I've always been like, definitely more like of a feminist type where it's kind of like, so here, I'll give you an example of a limiting belief, because I'm sure a lot of listeners have have um, gone through this, especially if they're my age, where my dad always would say, um, it's just as easy to marry a rich man as it is to, or it's just as easy to fall in love with a rich guy as it is a poor guy. And I heard that my whole life. And it really ticked me off as I got older. And I just got this this thought in my head i don't need anyone and i will never depend on a guy i am going to depend on myself and no one else and i think that's a good strong mindset to have but at the same time it does get into that like competitiveness a little bit where it's like no like I can pay the bills, like I can, I can be the breadwinner, I can do this, you know, and it almost like diminishes the fact that I have someone that I'm sharing my life with, we share bills, we have kids together. And for me, that's been a tough balance. And I think it's because of those beliefs that my dad sort of ingrained. And I kind of thought, like, I'm never going to be like that, where I depend on some guy, you know, to pay my bills and to take care of me. Um, So now it's like kind of having the awareness of that and maybe realizing that I don't need to be that way anymore. Like I can let go of that belief. See, I feel like I just had a breakthrough right now. (laughs) Well, it
1: sounds like you value freedom. You value, you know, being your own person. And that's a great thing to bring into relationship. I think uh, where we have to balance it is, you know, living with somebody else and having a partnership. Mm -hmm. where you're listening to someone and you're incorporating their feedback and creating lives for both of you and for your family. So, you know, it's understanding your strengths and then understanding the shadow side of that strength. So that desire for freedom could, in some cases, get in the way of collaborating. Mm -hmm. So if you harmonize that and make a small adjustment, most of the time people say, oh, I have this problem and they'll totally do a U-turn. If you change your behavior five percent, that's all you need. Mm. You just need to collaborate five percent more.
0: Oh wow! And then you can balance that strength. Okay. Well, that see that sounds so doable. Five percent like puts it into perspective. Um. So, what would you say? Like, if someone is, let's just take it off of me for a second. I know I kind of hijacked the conversation, but if someone's, you know, they're trying to manifest love this year and they find someone they're interested in and they start dating, do you have like a golden relationship rule or something to kind of like guide them in a new relationship to stay together? Like, is it communication? Is it spending time together? Like, is there one thing that you see a lot of people are not doing that sort of sabotages their relationship?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a great question. So, Most people think it's conflict management, which is really communication, and that is part of it. Um, But what the Gottman Method found was that people who built connections with each other, so they built this overall positive effect where they thought of their partner in a great light because they mostly had positive interactions with them. And the ratio for that is five to one, five positive interactions to one negative interaction. They were better able to overcome arguments or – Things that didn't go well in the relationship because they built up that positive sentiment override, which means that they were mostly thinking of their partner in positive terms. So they, you know, built up, they understood how their partner liked to be loved. So if you can start to get to know somebody and you start learning their likes and their dislikes and how they like to be loved, that's a great first step. And then you can build from there. You can build the communication, the conflict management. But if it starts out without that friendship, it's very hard to go back and then build that later on.
0: Oh, got it. Got it. All right. Well, you got to tell me now, like, tell me a little bit about your coaching and your course and like what, what that entails and who that would be for. Like, is this just for someone who is dating or could this be something for someone like me? um, that maybe has been married a long time and wants to like put their relationship as like a big goal that they're going to work on for the coming year. Cause that's, cause I just love talking with you. I'm like, I want to sign up for your course now. Like, this sounds great. I need more. I want more.
1: (laughs) thank you yeah well you know i've designed it for singles who are struggling um but it really is designed to upgrade your relationships in your life because our life is built the human connection is built around relationships going to work going to school everything we do is part of a relationship so it starts out with healing And understanding what's going on in your subconscious so that you don't get sabotaged later because you're making all these great strategies, but you have things that are keeping you back. And then from there, it's eight weeks. Um, It goes into actual dating strategies and kind of telling you, you know, what's available, what tools are out there, how to create that in a way that's best for you. And then um, from there, we also talk about a fulfilling life and relationship skills because what I learned um, from from my own journey was once I started learning what made a great relationship, what made a healthy relationship. First of all, I realized half of the relationships I'd been around in my life weren't that healthy. And, you know, it it was kind of hard for me to admit because I wanted to be like, oh, I'm around these great people. And then I started learning more and I was like, Actually, that's not what I want. So I had to learn about these healthy relationships. And then once you start doing that, you start embodying it. And when you embody it, you start attracting different people. And you also start noticing who's not embodying that vibe of a loving relationship. So we learn about that. And then we also focus on our life. And, um, I'm going to kind of leave you with a mantra here that I used, um, because I used to be a very anxious dater, right? I would get to know people and I would want them to commit right away. So I knew where, where we were heading, but that was kind of killing the romantic vibe a little bit, (laughs) (laughs) right? So I started saying this mantra and it was, let's see where this goes. And I kept repeating that to myself. Let's see where this goes. And that helped me stay grounded and it helped me stay really centered so i wasn't anxious and i wasn't trying to decide ahead of time if i was going to spend the rest of my life with somebody i allowed it to unfold in the moment
0: oh i love that and i think that's really important nowadays where um i i see so many of my friends that feel like they're on a time schedule and it's like well i have to Meet someone by this state, so we can get married by this state, so we can have kids by this date. And it's like, no, don't let that be your guiding light. Just like surrender and see where it goes. Let the universe delight you. That's another yes. one I love. Like the universe loves to delight you. Just sit back and let the universe delight you.
1: And that's, that's happened for my partner. I started out with, you know, the huge list that everybody tells you sh- you should write, you know, I want somebody who's financially stable. You know, I had all of these qualifications and after going through relationships, it came down to the point where I, I realized that I wanted somebody who was my friend and who I felt good around and I could show up even on a bad day and they loved me and accepted me. And I found that, but it's interesting because, um, I also, after we got together, when I when we got, first got together, um, Charles had just switched jobs, so he wasn't necessarily in a financially abundant place. Mm-hmm. But um, since we have been together, he's gotten raised after raise, and he's continued to grow as a person. And it was like the universe wanted me to experience loving somebody unconditionally and having them love me unconditionally, and then all of those nice to haves that I had written down did manifest once we had been together and committed. So I think it's really beautiful. Like the universe didn't forget about me.
0: It was waiting for the right order of things to come to pass. Right. Yeah. And you can always, someone can always make more money or, you know, create success for themselves down the road, but they, they can't like completely change their personality and their likes and their hobbies. So like find someone that you're compatible with on that level first before the money and everything else. I'm sorry. You can probably, I don't know if you can hear my little one is screaming. You're fine. (laughs) That's what happens when you're trying to record at home with three kids. um, (laughs) No, you are a wealth of knowledge and definitely who I'm referring people to that ask me now about relationships because um, you just, you have so much to give. Um, so can you let everyone know like where they can find you? Are you on social media? Where can they sign up for your course? All that good stuff.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, my company is build her. So if you go to build that's all you have to type into your Chrome or wherever you're searching, you'll pull up my website. And then from there you can look at my relationship course, which is called the dream relationship course. As I mentioned, it's eight weeks and you can take a look at it and enroll online there directly on my website. Um, and yes, thank you so much, uh, Stephanie. It's been a pleasure speaking with you.
0: It's been a pleasure speaking with you. I don't want to stop. I, I need to go sign up for your course. It's um, been great. Yeah, it was so much fun. I hope this helped people. I mean, I'm sure like there's so many people listening that are like, oh, because I know I've connected like 15 dots as we've been talking. Um, so thank you so much for that. I will link your website in the show notes so everyone can just click on that. And... um I appreciate you coming on and and giving us so much wisdom. Absolutely. My pleasure.
1: Well, thank you as well. It's been wonderful on my end and yeah, happy
0: manifesting. (laughs) All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in. We'll see you next time. If you got something out of this podcast, then pay it forward by sharing it with a friend. This is the best way that you can support the podcast and spread good vibes. And if you're left thinking that you want more, you want to keep listening, then download the Manifest It Now app and subscribe so you can become a member of the inner tribe where we meet on Zoom twice a week and you have live workshops every other week by guest experts and you get to meet with a high vibe community and keep the conversation going. Thanks so much for tuning in and I'll see you back here next time.